Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host, I'm Shmaine Linney, I'm a fitness and nutrition expert, biohacker and certified iridologist and I am very happy to have you back with me for another episode on this cool October afternoon in 2021 just so we have a timestamp. So we're looking at um, soy lecithin this week and this question gets asked all the time because many of you will know that I'm um, a big advocate for avoiding polyunsaturated fats. So then when someone notices soy lecithin or sunflower lecithin on labels it's usually a question I get and I get it quite often but before we get into this topic I must remind you that the information in these podcast episodes is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice please consult your health practitioner before making any lifestyle changes so what's the verdict on soy lecithin is it safe to eat and what about sunflower lecithin? Well, first things first, everything that applies to soy lecithin also applies to sunflower lecithin. Um, and basically, soy, sunflower, and other lecithins, they're added to food to help create that smooth consistency and helps ensure that the mixture, whatever the mixture, chocolate, dressings, ice cream, all stays together in a nice, smooth, consistent way. So if you've ever made homemade vinaigrette dressings, you'll have noticed that the oil and the water, they separate a lot faster than the vinaigrettes that you would buy at the store. And that's because the manufacturers usually add emulsifiers. So Caesar dressing, for example, is cloudier and creamier than vinaigrettes um, because you add an emulsifier in the form of egg yolk. Now, emulsifiers like soy lecithin help salad dressing stay mixed up so it doesn't separate before you can pour it. Like I just mentioned, if you make it at home yourself, egg yolks are a great source of lecithin, but you'll also see that soybeans and sunflower seeds and sunflower lecithin are also used in some of these more conventional or manufactured dressings. So basically, lecithin's stabilizing property comes from its chemical makeup. So Lecithin is a stabilizer and it's an emulsifier and it helps whatever product you're making stick together. And it comes from the chemical makeup where it's composed of fat-soluble compounds on one end of the molecular structure and then water-soluble compounds on the other. So this dual nature means it sticks on the outer surface of oil droplets and helps to hold everything um, in place in water. So it holds the oils and the waters together. Emulsifiers, they keep things nicely mixed together. So it's not just oil, but also oil and air, or oil and sugar, or oil and cacao butter, or sugar and cream, and all these other mixtures, 
we need emulsifiers to keep them together. And they work by holding the suspension for a longer time than they otherwise would before separating again. This has obvious benefits to the way food looks and in some instances even tastes. So food with emulsifiers generally looks smooth and creamy rather than separated or lumpy or even greasy. And emulsification also has some flavor benefits and because in many instances it can help slow down chemical decay, there may be potential for enhancing or at least prolonging the nutritional profile of whatever that food is. So um, if you've ever tried to make mayonnaise at home yourself using egg yolks and oil, you know that the egg yolk is essential for keeping the air and the oil mixture stable, um, which helps make your mayo nice and thick and creamy and luscious. Now, without the egg yolk, though, you'd find that, yeah, you can whip some bubbles into your oil, but they won't hold. They won't stay for very long. So that's that emulsification process. And so many foods contains some sort of emulsion in it. My favorite, of course, is chocolate, especially Purdy's chocolate. And chocolatiers discover that making chocolate, in order to make it smooth and flowy enough to pour into molds and different shapes, they had to add an emulsifier. And most of them will use soy lecithin, especially chocolate. When you look at chocolate, you'll see soy lecithin is generally the most common lecithin or emulsifier that you'll see. Uh, and lecithin, that helps hold the sugar molecules in the cacao or cocoa butter. Uh, and I separate them because... If you work with me or you follow me, you know that cacao is going to be our better option, but cocoa butter is generally what's used by manufacturers or whatever other fat. So the lecithin helps hold that sugar and the chocolate butter together. So with lecithin and chocolate, generally it's lower in chocolate. And then generally even again, the lower the sugar in the chocolate, the lower the lecithin in the chocolate and vice versa. The higher the sugar, the higher the amounts of lecithin that's used. And this is good news for us, especially for me and my clients, because we love high quality, dark, dark chocolate, like raw chocolate or 100%, anything 80% or above. And because 80% or above is very high in fat and almost void of sugar. So if you get 100% dark chocolate or raw dark chocolate, there will be no sugar in it. It will just be a fat. And that means, and you'll see this on the label, that there will be no soy lecithin or any sort of lecithin in it. And even up to 80%, there will be no lecithin in that chocolate. So that's good news for us who love dark chocolate. But then we understand that when we do have treats like Purdy's or whatever other chocolate it might be, that there's a higher likelihood that that is going to have some lecithin. And the same goes for ice cream. The more sugar, the more lecithin. Um, ice cream's a little bit different though. If you get a really good high quality ice cream, chances are that their lecithin is going to be from 
egg yolks and not so much from soy. And that helps your ice cream to stay smooth and creamy, which obviously is very important for us. All of us ice cream and chocolate lovers, we appreciate the quality of these foods. So the question then is, is lecithin bad? Um, soy, sunflower and other what we would call high PUFA or high polyunsaturated fatty acid seed-based lecithins, they're not great overall. Anything that's polyunsaturated or what we would call a vegetable oil or a PUFA, they're not great overall. And if you follow me, you know that's one thing I'm I'm really adamant about is avoiding these vegetable oils as much as possible. And the reason it's not great is, especially when we look at these lecithins, that anywhere from 40 to 60% of the fatty acids in soy lecithins are polyunsaturated and therefore they are prone to oxidizing and breaking down into toxins like 4-hydroxynoninol, um, among other toxins that will get stored in your fat cells and cause a lot of trouble. Uh, and they will even, these fats can even start breaking down and oxidizing in storage. So it's not just once they enter your body. And of course, our body fat accumulates toxins and polyunsaturated fatty acids as not just as a storage site as as a survival mechanism as well because these are poisons and your body doesn't want poison running around so it pushes them into fat cells and then the fat cells become toxic and then we see more cellulite we see more obesity we see more diabetes and that's just the mild end of the spectrum it can get a lot more severe so if you can as much as possible, I always say that with my clients, as much as possible, avoid soy lecithin. But it is pretty much everywhere. Um, and really, the dose does make the poison. I speak about hormesis a lot. I've done a video on it, that a little bit of poison is okay because it keeps your immune system sharp and on its toes and keeps your body recognizing what might be a poison, but too much is obviously a problem. So we can handle a tiny bit of even very toxic chemicals. So it might not be, I don't feel it's necessary to avoid every single product listing soy lecithin because the amounts vary so much. Uh, and on the label, you'll see some products contain very little amounts which then, of course, begs the question, how much soy lecithin um, are there in these products? And the answer is it really depends on the products. Like I mentioned, with the chocolate, the higher the fat in the chocolate or the higher the chocolate percentage or cacao percentage, the less sugars in it so there's going to be less chance that there's lecithin in it and even at that the food with the most lecithin generally is mayo or these dressings uh, most mayo these days contains soy or sunflower lecithin even though i encourage my clients to move more towards a healthier option so like manufacturers of products like vegan a's they like to claim that their mayo is healthy because 
apparently soy lecithin is healthier than egg yolks, but obviously we know that's not true because for most people, eggs are one of the healthiest foods on the planet. And we know that polyunsaturated fatty acids are poison for us, not just our fat cells, but all cells, including our brain cells. Um, so mayo made with soy lecithin, it would contain about two ounces per quarter, 6% of the concentration by weight. So a 10 ounce salad dressing made with soy lecithin would contain about the same, roughly 6% concentration of that. Whereas chocolate, which is good news for me and all you other chocolate lovers, on the other hand, chocolate, if you're getting, like I said, those really good quality dark chocolates, there will be no soy lecithin in it at all, like zero. It won't even be listed. It just won't be there. But if you're going with those chocolates that are more of a treat, even then they contain much less soy lecithin than vegan haze mayo or some other dressings. So there even our treats, like even purdies or Snickers or whatever, they're still somewhere around 0.4% um, according to research, which would be about right. And even many of the more like boutique brands like Godiva and um, I can't even pronounce the other one, Giardelli. Uh, they they don't use a lot of soy lecithin at all, and even some of their products have no soy lecithin. So it's almost negligible in chocolate. So chocolate's not something that we stress. And if we're only having it once a week, maybe twice a week, that's where we get that hormesis, the doses in the poison. So a tiny bit of poison is more beneficial for, is not more, but it's actually beneficial for us. Um, so here's my bottom line, and of course I'm going to say this, chocolate is okay. So chocolate, it's almost negligible, but for everything else, we want to kind of avoid it where we can, but at least approach the product with some sort of caution and understand. So the bulk of other foods high in soy lecithin, they're avoided as much as possible. And also these types of foods, they generally are very high in sugar or loaded with other vegetable oils like sunflower and canola oil. So if really health is your goal, then it's going to be essential to avoid these foods with these toxic polyunsaturated fatty acid seed oils. And that's, that's usually the first thing that I'll recommend to a client is we want to avoid vegetable oils as much as possible. And yes, that does include margarine and shortening. So avoiding most of the mayos, although there are some good ones now that will use eggs in them. Uh, and then salad dressings, they most likely are going to contain significant amounts of soy lecithin um, and then also in another one would be like cookies or certain conventionally made from cupcakes and Twinkies and Tootsie Rolls and stuff that come from these bigger box stores they're going to have higher amounts of soy lecithin if you're only having it once a week that's not going to be a big deal don't stress over that but if this is a regular thing and you're seeing issues with diabetes and obesity and fatty liver and 
lots of cellulite and um, edema in your legs and stuff, then this would be the direction that I would look. Um, and also, if you have an allergy to soy protein, that's a different story. Um, depending on the severity of your allergy, you may need to avoid soy lecithin completely altogether. That really depends. So that's it. This episode, short and straight to the point, but I'm hoping you'll all find it really helpful. Um, if you've any questions, send them my way. As always, you can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram or Rumble now. Uh, you're looking for Shemaine's Model Health or you can reach out to me on my website, shemainesmodelhealth.com and I'll always reply as soon as possible. As always, sharing is caring. If you know anyone that would benefit from this information, please do share with them. Okay, enjoy the rest of your week and I will chat to you guys real soon. Bye-bye.